welcome to Scare You to Sleep. I'm your host, Shelby Scott. Before we begin tonight's episode, I wanted to mention that I was recently interviewed by my friend Aaron Thomas for the How We Saw It podcast network series, The Stage is Yours. I had so much fun chatting about the podcast industry and horror and baking and everything in between. Again, that was the How We Saw It podcast network. If you search that, you should find it. And the series is called The Stage is Yours. I'll leave a link in the show notes. Since Halloween is fast approaching, I thought I'd return to a listener favorite, the Dark Reddit series. And I have found some spine-chilling stories for you all tonight. Are you ready? Let's go. This first entry really caught my eye. It is from the paranormal subreddit, and it's from a throwaway account, throwaway60230 to be exact, and it was posted two years ago. This is, my friend seems to be gone off the face of the planet. Hello, Reddit. I'm on a throwaway count for obvious reasons. Most people I bring this up to cry fake or think I'm insane, so please forgive me. So I am currently 21 years old, and up until recently, I had not experienced anything I would call supernatural. I'm still not sure what to think of the supernatural slash paranormal, but this really freaked me out. I don't know if something brought it on, but I was out with my friends when I suddenly started thinking about the past, particularly about my childhood friend, Brendan. We went to elementary and middle school together, and when I was reminiscing this, I assumed that he went to a different high school than me, and we drifted apart. So I decide that I'm going to track him down and reconnect with him, right? but I can't find any of his social medias or information about him online, and then I sort of forget about it for a while. Then, about a month ago, I was out with another one of my friends. We'll call her Amy, whom I'd known since elementary school as well, and I ask her if she's been in contact with Brendan, or if she knows how to get a hold of him. She seems to hesitate, but when I mentioned his last name, She remembered. She told me she hadn't spoken to him in probably eight years, but remembered his parents' address. So I drive over there, seeing as it's not actually that far away. Then his parents open the door, and I recognize them. So they say hi to me and invite me inside. I introduce myself, and they remark on how much I've grown. And then, they say that they don't have a son. I immediately assumed that maybe he had gotten into drugs or something and they disowned him. But no, they insist that they do not have a son at all. Just two daughters, whom I vaguely recognize slash remember. But there's no doubt that this is his family. I ended up outright accusing them of lying and they got really defensive, so I just apologized and went home. I don't think I got the wrong house. 
I recognized them, and they recognized me. But regardless, I phoned Amy and told her what happened, and asked her if she was sure this was their address. I stopped thinking about it for a little while. Until about two weeks ago, Amy texted me saying that he wasn't in any of her yearbooks. And sure as shit, I check mine, and he's not there. We met up a few days ago, and we both went into separate rooms to draw what we thought Brendan looked like, just in case he was a shared hallucination. But no. We both came back with drawings that looked almost the same, down to the way he parted his hair and the location of his three face moles. So, in the last few days, we've both been going down a rabbit hole of talking to old teachers, friends, etc. And I swear to God, it's like he never existed. We even went down to our old middle school to see if he was in any of the class photos. And nothing. I also got some old birthday photos for my mom, and on most of those birthdays, I am 100% certain Brendan was there. But again, nothing. Not even my parents remember him. Me and Amy want to check hospital records for some kind of birth certificate or something, but it's really starting to scare both of us. Is there some kind of explanation for this? Supernatural or otherwise? If it were just me, I'd think I dreamed him up. But Amy pointed out the quote-unquote correct address, and we both came up with near-identical drawings of him. Edit. I don't think we're mistaking his appearance to someone else's either, because his facial markings were pretty distinct, and he got bullied for it in elementary school. Update 1. I will keep on updating this post with more information as we look. Me and Amy are planning to go back to his house tomorrow so we can ask more questions and show them the composite sketches me and Amy did. We'll be exploring the possibility that Brendan was a foster kid, and we want to take a look at his bedroom. Also, I've become aware that birth certificates are public record, so I'll be looking for a birth certificate tomorrow. At this point, I don't know whether he's a missing person, or if he never existed at all. Should I possibly talk to the police? I'm not sure. Update 2. A lot of people are theorizing that Brendan is trans, and that's why his parents insisted they had two daughters, but I don't think that's the case. Brendan had two sisters, so if he transitioned, then his parents would have said they had three daughters. Someone also suggested that me and Amy draw a map of where his room is in the house, so that when we go there, we can test again to make sure this isn't a shared hallucination or something. Amy doesn't remember the exact layout of his house, but claims to remember A, the side of his room where his closet was, and B, what side the window was, so we'll be comparing that instead. Also, on the topic of going back to his house, his parents do like me. They remember who I am, but according to them, I was a friendly neighborhood kid who would babysit for them, not Brendan's friend, which is strange because I don't think I've ever babysat at all, so I don't think they would be offended to see me again, despite how our interaction went. Some people also don't believe that we both remembered his moles, but trust me, they are very big and distinct. 
Also, some people are talking about similar stories they've seen. Please link them. Also, if something like this has happened to you, message me. Update 3. So, we went back to visit Brendan's parents, and we told them that we've been looking for Brendan and what we remember. I'm pretty sure they thought we were crazy, but they did cooperate. We also showed them the sketches we did, asked them if they had ever fostered kids or whatever. Nothing. They agreed to let me tour the house, but not Amy, I guess because they don't know her. And first of all, Amy and I were right about the location of A, his bedroom window, and B, the closet. According to his parents, it's just a spare room, though. There isn't a single photo of him in the house, either. I don't think his parents are lying. They honestly don't seem to think they have a son. I also asked them more about our relationship, how I knew them and how they knew me, but they didn't really give me any new information. I babysat, helped out around the house, etc., and that was it. Because of corona, we won't be going to the hospitals near us for the time being, but birth certificates are public record, so maybe there will be some other way to check. We've already contacted old teachers, classmates, etc., and they don't know anything about Brendan. I'm sorry I don't have any answers. A lot of you are proposing theories of alternate timelines and whatnot, and as much of a skeptic as I am, I'm starting to believe that this may be some kind of case of timeline jumping. We sent my mom the drawings we did, and I will update this when she responds back to them. Also, some people are understandably skeptical that me and Amy can both draw, but we both attend art classes together, so we know how to render a human face. Also, Amy is indeed real. I've seen her have conversations with other people, and people know who I'm talking about when I talk about Amy. Unless everyone I know is fake, which is not the case. Then Amy is 100% real. Update 4. So, I'm pretty well at a dead end, and I think it may be time to give up. A lot of you have put forth the alternative timeline theory, and I'm sort of leaning on that as the answer. But there's no real way to know. I apologize that this story doesn't really have a conclusion, but I guess that's how it is. My mom did reply back to me. I've been texting her for the last hour and a half. She has no idea who the person me and Amy drew is, and I also brought up to her my supposed babysitting for Brendan's parents, and she says she remembers me occasionally doing that. I do not remember this. Some people have poked holes in my story, and I suppose that's understandable. I didn't expect this post to garner so much attention, and I left some details out initially, so to address your concerns... How did we both A, remember what he looked like eight years ago, and B, have the artistic skill to draw him? Me and Amy both attend university-level art classes and know how to render a human face. Brendan's facial markings, moles, are very distinct, and that's why we remember them. Why are his parents okay with me coming over repeatedly? They weren't entirely okay with Amy being there, but they do like me. I acknowledge that I was a little intrusive both times I was over, but I don't think they would suddenly do a 180 and never allow me back there again. How did me and Brendan not stay in contact after middle school? 
We were inseparable in elementary school, as I said before, but started to drift apart in middle. I guess we just stopped putting in the effort to see each other when high school started. To further separate us, partway through my first year, me and my mom moved across our city. I can already see why people would be confused that I now live near his parents again. To answer that in advance, I now live on campus, near-ish, to his house. This reads like fiction. I'm not sure how to explain this one. I wanted to tell the story with all the relevant details, and putting them in chronological order was only natural. Maybe I'm just good at telling stories, fiction or nonfiction. How can you run around like this in the middle of COVID? I have to admit that I haven't really been taking social distancing too seriously. Nobody in my area is, really. Most schools are still open here, but on a reduced schedule. This sounds like a post I read X amount of times ago. If multiple timelines are a thing, I wouldn't be surprised if I wasn't the only one this happened to. You're copying and pasting answers. A lot of people ask the same questions, and with so many people to respond to, it makes engaging in conversation a whole lot easier to cut and paste responses. I'm sorry if this comes across as disingenuous. I just don't want to ignore people. Why use a throwaway? People outside of Reddit know my account, and I don't want this attached to my main. Why didn't you remember his address? I barely remember my own address. I'm not good at remembering names, or in this case, addresses. I remember things in other ways, like how to get places from my house. Example, I pull out of the parking lot, make two rights, one straight ahead, and then a left. Why did Amy only remember once you said his last name? I don't think it's that she forgot Brendan, or that she only remembered because I said his last name. I'm pretty sure she just didn't know who I was talking about at first. If this was real, and you honestly thought there was some dimension hopping going on, wouldn't you want to investigate further? I have a life, and I'm not going to dedicate that life to finding a person who A. doesn't exist in this timeline, or B. has gone to extensive lengths not to be found. Why won't you post the sketches? As stated, I'm pretty sure he doesn't exist, but on the off chance he does, I'm pretty sure he had a reason for disappearing and trying to make it look like he never existed. I don't want to expose him if this is the case. I'm sure there's more. I will edit to answer other concerns. And they never came back. Um, I usually read a few of the comments to tell you, to, or to show you what's going on in the minds of the people who initially read these entries, but it seems like our throwaway person did a pretty good job of covering those questions. So, what do you think? Who was Brendan? Uh, was there a Brendan? Is this a case of a mixture of timelines? Is this a case of, like OP said, maybe Brendan wanted to be lost and not found? It's a really strange story. Uh, you can disbelieve it if you want, because this is pretty uh, out there, but I thought it was incredibly interesting to think about. On to our next... So, this entry was posted in the Glitch in the Matrix subreddit four years ago by a now-deleted account. By the way, if you've never gone to poke around the Glitch in the Matrix subreddit, highly recommend it, especially if you're into things like time slips, like I am. 
And speaking of time slips, or possibly doppelgangers, this is My Husband Came Home Twice. So, my husband gets out of work at 5.30pm and gets home between 5.36pm and 6pm. Sometimes my kids are still eating dinner. Last week, I'm getting a head start on dishes, and my kids are still eating dinner. I hear the dogs go off, hear his truck door. A few seconds later, he does his distinct throat clear and tells the dogs to quiet down. Comes in the door and says hi to the kids. They say hi back. I turn and smile, and he goes upstairs to the bathroom. I look at the clock, and it's 5.40pm. He never comes back, though. I go outside and smoke a cigarette, and notice his stuff isn't at the table where he throws it after work. Whatever. So I go upstairs after my cigarette, and I go to look at the bathroom. The light is off, and the door is open. It's empty. I go check the bedroom. Nothing. Ask the kids. They say he was probably in the bathroom. I said that I had checked and he wasn't there. The kids can see every door leading outside from the dinner table. I go back upstairs and check the rooms. He's not there. I look out a window to the driveways and his truck isn't out front. So ask the kids if they saw him leave, but they didn't. I said he's not here anymore and all the kids looked confused and start exchanging weird looks. At 5.50pm, the dogs start barking and I hear his door. I hear his keys hit the table outside and he walks in and says, Hi! Then he goes to the bathroom. My kids and I look at each other weird but don't say anything. When he gets out of the bathroom, I asked where he went. He had a confused face and asked what I meant. I tell him what I told you guys so far, and he looks at the kids and said he was just getting home. The kids said they saw him and talked to him, and so did I. He made the hmm face, and all the kids just looked disturbed. I told them all it was just a time glitch. It was the weirdest time glitch I've experienced because there were witnesses, my kids, and we interacted with him thought you would all be interested in this one. I experience a lot of weird, but I only like to retell the stories with witnesses. So the comments is where this gets even stranger. So this comment is from Jareth86. Holy shit, this exact thing happened with my father when I was a kid. The garage door slammed, and he did his trademark, I'm home, when we ran to greet him there was no one there. It freaked my mom out. My brother and I didn't sleep for weeks. Another comment from Kuro Tinted Heart. I actually have a similar story. I never saw my dad come home since I would run to my bed and pretend to be asleep so I wouldn't get lectured for being awake at 11pm. I had a habit of staying up until 3am and they knew that. But I heard everything. The car horn, the key in the lock, the footsteps, the fridge opening, his footsteps coming up to the door of my room, or where the door should have been, it was taken off a few months prior, and the knock at the door frame. He would always say, good night, just in case I was still awake. But I waited, and waited. No good night. 
and no footsteps walking away. So after a minute or two of lying there, I thought he was just standing there staring at me. Not sure why, so I rolled over to face him and... Nothing. He wasn't there. So I got out and searched the whole house for him. Nothing. I finally looked out the window and his car wasn't in the driveway. So I did what anyone would do. I freaked the fuck out and... I don't really remember what happened after that. All I remember is that about 15 minutes later, my dad actually came home. Same noises and everything. I know it was him the first time, and there's no explanation for it. Everybody else was asleep. And while I could understand imagining footsteps, I can't explain why I also imagined the car horn, the keys, the distinctive sound of his shoes against the flooring, the fridge, and the knock on my door. It had never happened before, and it never happened again. So yeah, my dad came home twice. And another one, from Old Grey One. Had a very similar experience when I was a little kid. My dad would get home from work, come in the front door, and put his briefcase and keys on a counter just inside the door, then use the restroom before coming in to say hello. We had a pass-through window between the living room and the den, where we watched TV so sound traveled well. My mom, my brother, sister, and myself all heard the door open and close, heard the keys and the briefcase hit the counter, and heard the footsteps to the back of the house. My mom said hello from the kitchen, then came into the den to say hello in person. But dad was not in the den, or anywhere in the house. I followed my mom into her bedroom to find dad, but he was not there. We both got a little scared right then. He walked in 15 minutes later. We never figured it out. And yet another one from Smoked Eggs. I believe you, but have no explanation other than it's harmless. In a previous post, I had commented before on how common this phenomenon is and how it happened to me too. My dogs and I only heard my husband come home, but never saw him. I would have doubted myself if not for my dogs. Isn't that so creepy, having that many stories of the same sort of thing? Uh, It's funny, someone else in the comments pointed out that there are a lot of stories similarly where someone is going into the bathroom, and a couple of these had that as well, like someone was about to go to the bathroom. And I've heard stories in my life from people who have said they've had a parent come home or even be home and go to the bathroom, but it turns out they're actually in another room. It's a weird phenomenon. Uh, Maybe it's explainable in some way, but I thought it was so fascinating that so many people had experienced almost exactly the same thing. Okay, on to the next. So one topic I don't think I've talked about a lot on these dark Reddit episodes is aliens, and frankly, it's because I'm terrified of them. But that's not fair to those of you who like to hear about aliens. So, this was posted nine years ago in the Ask Reddit subreddit, and Yoga Butt asked alien abductees of Reddit or people who have claimed to see a UFO. What's your story? And this is from a deleted user. Again, this was posted nine years ago, so almost a decade ago. And here it is. 
I can't say for sure what happened to me that night, but here is what I know. I was driving home for the weekend from school at Indiana University. It takes me about two hours to get home, and I left Bloomington around 10 p.m. At exactly 10.53, I am on a rural stretch of the two-lane highway I take home, and I noticed what appeared to be flashing lights behind me. I thought, great, I'm getting pulled over. So I turned onto the next country road, about a quarter mile from where I noticed the lights. As the car came to a stop, and I started to open my glove box to get out my registration and proof of insurance, the lights suddenly disappeared, and no car drove past. Now, here is where the story takes a turn for the weird, and I'm sure you guys will think I'm just making it all up because it really does seem like something straight out of a typical UFO movie or story. The electronics in my car started to go haywire. The radio was randomly changing stations while the volume kept going up and down, while the dome light and headlights started to flicker and turn off and back on. This was at 10.56 p.m. I start thinking to myself that my battery must be failing or else I'm having a short somewhere in the electric system of my car. So I lean down to pop the hood so I can take a look at the battery and that is the last thing I remember doing. The next thing I know, I open my eyes and see nothing but the night sky full of bright stars. It was a cold night, and it seemed like I had never seen stars that bright in my life. I sat up and looked around, and I saw absolutely nothing. Nothing at all. I was in the middle of a field, surrounded by corn stalks left over from the recent harvest. As I started to come to my senses, I started to freak out. Where am I? Why the fuck am I asleep in the middle of a field? Where the fuck is my car? I got up and started walking toward the distant headlights I could see from a road about a half a mile away. When I got to the nearest intersection, I looked at the signs which read 350 North and 50 West. I was half a mile away from my car, which was just right off the main road. I started walking towards the headlights I could see on the main road. I can't say how long it took me to walk the half mile, but it couldn't have been more than 10 or 15 minutes. When I arrived at my car, all the lights were out. My battery had died, which struck me as odd because I couldn't have been gone for that long. I looked at my phone, which was sitting on the passenger seat, and the time was 2.17 a.m. Over three hours had passed since I had turned off onto the side road, for the flashing lights behind me. I remember sitting in my car, completely dumbfounded, wondering what the hell had just happened. To this day, I couldn't tell you what really happened to me that night. All I know is I can't think of any plausible explanation as to why I woke up over a half a mile away from my car in the middle of a cornfield more than three hours after I had stopped. I have only shared this story with one other person, my uncle. I'm sure people would either look at me like I'm crazy or they would call bullshit on the whole story. And I can't blame them. If somebody came to me with a story like that, that so closely mirrors the stereotypical encounter story, I probably wouldn't believe them either.
Spooky. Uh, aliens just scared the shit out of me. Space is scary. Aliens are scary. Um, yeah. Just putting that out there. You know. So, this next one requires... I'm going to end with what I think is one of the scariest ones. This next one requires a little bit of explanation afterwards about a really terrifying theory. So this might actually be the scariest one that you're hearing. I don't know. Let me know. Which was the scariest in this episode? Let me know on all the socials, you know, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, all those, because I'd really love to hear what you all think is the scariest. So let's go with this one first. Um, I have them all lined up right here. This feels, I love these episodes like this because they feel a little more casual. I have them all lined up, but I don't script these in between parts. And so it feels like we're just kind of hanging out and I'm telling you some spooky shit I found on the internet. (laughs) So trigger warning for this one. It does talk about suicide. Um, A suicide does not happen, but it does mention it. So just to throw that out there. Okay. So this was posted in the Glitch in the Matrix subreddit. Told you this is one of my favorites. It was posted 10 years ago by a throwaway account, specifically Throwaway KA, and it's called I Tried to Kill Myself. I'm not really sure if this belongs here, but here we go. When I was 15, I was incredibly depressed and struggling with my OCD and anxiety. It got to the point that I decided to kill myself. I arranged everything. Note, when, where, how, etc. And waited. I waited about a week until my parents went out to dinner. I attached a note to my door, telling my parents not to come in and to just call the police. Got dressed in my nicest clothes, showered, did my hair, and put a suicide note in my shirt pocket. My father had a number of guns, and I chose one of them to do the deed with. A Beretta 92 handgun, or something like that. I went into my bedroom, turned on some music, and laid down on my bed. I put the barrel into my mouth, sang a few lines of Free Fallen through tears, and pulled the trigger. Then, I went into a third-person type thing, where I was just watching myself. I saw myself laying dead on my bed, slumped over and bleeding everywhere. I watched myself lie in my own gore for what seemed like forever. Then suddenly, it felt like all the wind got knocked out of me, and I was back in my body. Click. The gun jammed. I just threw it on the ground and sobbed into my pillow for hours before cleaning up everything and going to sleep. I have no idea what happened that day, but I'm more grateful than you can imagine. After that, I really made an effort to turn my life around. And it did. It's scary thinking that I wouldn't be here right now if it worked. So, that was intense. And the first comment is where we're going to begin this very short explanation and journey into something called Quantum 
death. And the comment was from Motions21. Well, now welcome to our universe. So again, I'm not going to go into this at length because I don't want you all to get bored, uh, especially if you don't find this interesting, but there's a theory, and this is a theory I've discussed at length with several friends of mine, the quantum death theory. It's also sometimes called quantum suicide or quantum immortality. It's incredibly complicated when you start really looking into it and all the theories and um, listen to actual scientists with actual theories about it, but let me give you the layman's term, the, the layman's version as I understand it and as several people I've discussed it with understand it and as a lot of these commenters understood it. Basically, so again, if you know the actual, if you've read the actual theory, please forgive me. This is literally the very uh, baby version of this. Um, so it's kind of like Schrodinger's cat sort of. That's what it's compared to. The idea that if you die in a certain wor- in one world, you can awaken in another. And this of course has to do with like interdimensions if you don't think time is linear and you think that maybe there are different dimensions. So you die and I think it's a, a lot of people call it quantum suicide because I think it's associated with very violent deaths. Um And then you can get into the paranormal version where it's like, it was such a violent and sudden death that you wake up in this other dimension because it happened so suddenly in the other life that you don't realize you were dead. It's very, again, this is very out there, very out there. (laughs) This is out there stuff. Um, I told you this is near Halloween. We're getting weird and spooky. So, and I'm, I'm not saying that I fully uh, believe in this. This is just a theory. Again, it's just something, a fascinating thought uh, exercise to discuss if you're into spooky shit. (laughs) So there have been, um, there's even a, a, a video I watched pretty recently where this woman talks about how she got into this, like there, there's different times where people will get into really severe car accidents where they, they remember getting to the car accident, but then they hadn't gotten into the car accident or, um, yeah, there'll be like a major, something that majorly should have harmed them or especially if it was going to be fatal and then it just didn't happen a lot like this story where this person set out to kill themselves, pull the trigger, trigger went off, but then it just didn't, it just didn't, even though it did, but it didn't. And again, the idea is that you wake up in a different dimension And this can go all the way. Again, I've had some late night discussions where we talk about, you know, the Mandela effect and how maybe it's because you're not in the same dimension and this and that. This is not, uh, (laughs) this is not uh, drug induced talks, by the way. This is just, I just like weird, weird stuff. Um, And yeah, that's basically what quantum death is. So I just wanted to leave you with something weird to sit and think about tonight. If you're high right now, I apologize because if, especially you haven't heard, if you hadn't heard of this, because I just gave you a lot to freak out about. Um, but yeah, so it's really interesting. If you look into it, there's a lot of different stories. It's usually not, I have never seen one where someone tells their story and then says, 
was this a quantum death? It's usually someone sharing a very weird close call story or a story like this where it's like, no, I know I got into that accident. No, I know I fell off that ladder and hit my head. I know this happened, but then I just didn't. And that's when people will come in and be like, have you ever heard of quantum death? And like this, I loved that first comment where it was just like, welcome to our universe, (laughs) you know, stay a while. Uh, So yeah, that is my high strangeness of, I mean, I guess this whole, this whole episode has been high strangeness, but I feel like that one's a little bit, that's like um, a graduated level of high strangeness. You know, you start out with your, your ghosts and maybe your cryptids and you go into like aliens then you start talking about interdimensional stuff and then like you get to to this stuff (laughs) that keeps you up at night um yep so welcome to the next level of high strangeness um we have snacks (laughs) okay let's get into the very last story of the night very scary And I wanted to leave you with this one because this one made the hairs on the back of my neck stand up. This is from the paranormal subreddit and it was posted by a deleted user or a deleted account, a now deleted account four years ago. And it's called I'll never go hunting again. I am a bow hunter and I like to still hunt, which is when you dress in full camo and walk through the woods rather than sit in a tree stand. Last October, I was coming down a hill in a marshy area. It was kind of late and enough so that the side of the mountains was covered in shadows. I live in Pennsylvania where our mountains are completely covered in trees and it gets dark fast. When I get to the bottom of the hill, I notice that it was completely silent, no sounds at all. And I felt the hairs stand on my arms. But I've been creeped out before in the woods, so it wasn't too big of a deal. I kept on. I've been hunting in this general area before, but I've never went down this hill. I continued creeping through the woods. Mind you, I am walking very slow, so you can barely hear my footsteps, because deer are hard to sneak up on. And then I hear a voice call out for me, behind a thicket of small trees. Help! My name. Come over here. I'm in trouble. Help. And I swear to God, it was my brother's voice. But my brother lives in Nevada, so it couldn't be my brother. And it said my name. It only took me a second to realize something wasn't right. And when I did, I ran faster than I ever have in my life. Only my dad knew I was hunting that day, and the area is huge. No one would have found me there, and... He is too old to have played any tricks on me. But something out there knew my name, and it sounded just like my brother. I don't know what the hell that was, but I don't think I'll ever be going back to the woods again. Maybe I'll move to the desert with my brother, where at least I can see everything around me. That was our last story of the night. Wasn't that creepy? I mean, there's so many, you know, it could be, you always hear about skinwalkers and things. There are so many creepy um, videos of people hearing voices from the woods. A lot of theories are that it's like mountain lions or deer, like some sort of animal dying or making a noise that just sounds like a human, you know. Um, You know, it's none of my business, like he said, 
moving to the desert. I grew up in the desert, and it's true. You can see everything around you. The forest and the woods terrify me. When I was a kid, I would go to Washington State to go to a summer camp up there, Camp Orkila on Orcas Island, if anyone's from that area. <laughs> uh, so I would go there every summer. And again, desert kid. I was not familiar with forests. And I remember getting a little lost in one one time when we were walking back in the middle of the night from something we did. I think we went to go climb like a rock wall or something. And I fell. I slipped on some rocks. I fell. I skinned my leg. I cut my leg open. I kind of crawled to the side because I was like my leg was bleeding everywhere and it was dark. It started raining. It was I was crying. Um, I don't know how old I was probably, I don't know, 10 years old, 11 years old. And I remember a few people passed me by, but I was kind of near the back of the group anyway. And I guess they didn't see and hear me because of the rain and just, it was dark. I don't know. But I remember getting like, I was, I was probably lost for two minutes. It was probably not for that long before I figured out the trail and found and caught up with everyone. And it was the woods are terrifying you can't see around you like I said I was with a group of people and they walked a few feet away and I just couldn't see them anymore (laughs) and that that the idea of that I I respect the forests (laughs) but I will not delve like be venturing into them alone ever um you hear all these things about like Appalachia too and how they hear things oh anyway mysterious forests love you I'm going to respectfully stay away from you. (laughs) So that's the end of our show. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Again, I know it got a little bit weirder than usual, but I say that, but we've had some weirdness before. Um, This time I tried to stick with, you know, high strangeness and spookiness instead of any bummer, like real world stuff. Um, Because, you know, it's Halloween time. I hope you all have an excellent Halloween weekend. Um, even if you're just staying in and baking and, you know, or I always say baking, I like project baking onto you all. I apologize. (laughs) Not everyone likes baking Shelby. Um, but (laughs) if you're just staying in and playing video games, I like that too. But, um, if you're staying in and just doing stuff around the house or if you're like me and unfortunately you live in an apartment and you can't even hand out candy. I I used to love handing out candy. I miss doing that. Missing all the little costumes and things, but, um, have a great weekend anyway. Watch some horror movies. Um, you know, write that spooky story you've been meaning to write. Uh, I have some stuff I'm going to be working on this weekend because Monday is Halloween day. And guess what? The sequel to last year's story, Araceli, is going to be coming out. And she's going back to get her brother and sister. And I'm so excited for it. I wanted to come out with it on Halloween day since it's a Halloween story. So that means that next week, the episode will be coming out early. Okay, it's coming out early. You don't have to listen to it early. Feel free to not listen to it until it usually comes out. But just so you know, it will be coming out on a different day. No one freak out. It's just, you know, I wanted to come out with it on Halloween. So, (laughs) uh, okay, I will see you next week. Again, follow the show, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Uh, chat with me there live show live show is happening november 10th in chicago so again we're just trying that it's in a couple weeks it's coming up so soon i'm so excited john and pacific and i just had a full run through of our segments and it's going to be so spooky so good i'm so excited 
And please, if you're anywhere near that area and you're able to travel to the Music Box Theater on November 10th, please come. Please buy tickets. Tickets are $25. VIP, I think there's a few VIP tickets left. Um, Not many, but there are a few. Those are $50. You get a swag bag. You get uh, top priority for the meet and greet because we're going to be meeting with people afterwards. And I'm really excited about that. I love talking with all of you and seeing your beautiful faces and taking pictures. And you'll get to meet John and Pacific as well. So it's like triple the awesome scary people (laughs) all right i think that does it for me and for you and i don't think there's anything else we need to talk about um oh i baked chocolate chip cookies this week just like basic basic ass chocolate chip cookies they were great hadn't done like regular ones in a while awesome there's a reason they're a classic all right uh i will talk to you on monday when i come back with our heroine Araceli. All right, go get some sleep and sweet dreams.